On Enmeshed, we discuss crimes and situations that may be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Enmeshed, the show that reveals some of the most poisonous people come disguised as family. Enmeshed family members are fused together by unhealthy emotions instead of the strong bonds that signal a well-functioning family. Boundaries are blurred and unhealthy relationship patterns are formed. Hello and welcome to Enmeshed, the podcast that explores family relationships and crime. I'm Amanda. And I'm Pam. And today I want to give a warning right at the top of the show. We will be talking about the abuse and death of a child, so if you're particularly sensitive to the subject, this is not an episode that you'll want to listen to. This episode is the epitome of sometimes the most poisonous people come disguised as family. For those of you sticking around, let's dive in. This is a suggested case provided by one of our listeners, Garrett. And it turns out that Netflix recently added a classic movie from my childhood, The Land Before Time, which is related to our story today. If you haven't seen this movie, you may live under a rock. It's an animated kids movie about friendship and belonging that stars dinosaurs. It's adorable and touching, and a few of the voice actors were children themselves. One of those actors was 10-year-old Judith Eva Barcy, a bubbly and sweet girl that already had five years of experience in show business. Born in 1978 to Hungarian immigrants Maria and Joseph Barsi, Judith was primed from infancy to be on screen. Even though others discouraged Maria from getting her hopes set too high, Maria knew Judith was meant to shine. She taught Judith about posture, poise, and how to speak to impress casting directors. Her training paid off. When Judith was five, she was spotted by a commercial film crew at an ice skating rink. In the kismet that only exists in Los Angeles, the crew became smitten with sweet little Judith and invited her to be in the commercial. It wasn't long before she was booking commercials left and right and appearing on TV. I came across a super cute picture of her sitting on Ted Danson's lap in an episode of one of my favorite shows, Cheers, which we will post on our socials. Her star power continued to rise. She played Kimberly McDonald in Fatal Vision, a 1984 miniseries that dramatized the controversial case of Jeffrey R. McDonald, the former Green Beret physician who was convicted of murdering his pregnant wife and their two small children. Unfortunately, Judith's role in Fatal Vision foreshadowed what was to come in her personal life. There's actually a documentary on Hulu called A Wilderness of Error that covers the case of Jeffrey McDonald, and maybe we'll cover it in the future too, since it is a case suggestion from a listener we got a few months ago. It's a very fascinating story. I know it's kind of been overdone, but We'll get to it. Awesome. I'll have to check out that documentary on Netflix. Judith starred in other shows and TV movies and eventually racked up over 70 commercial appearances. 
She was also in a handful of films, including Jaws the Revenge in 1987, All Dogs Go to Heaven in 1988, and The Land Before Time in 1989. Those are some big movies. Yes. And Amanda, you may not remember some of these shows, but I remember Judith and some old favorites like Knott's Landing and The Twilight Zone in 1985, Punky Brewster, Trapper John M.D., Cagney and Lacey, and she was the Christmas Angel in a Love Boat Christmas special in 1986. Man, I love that show. The Love Boat. Also, Growing Pains, St. Elsewhere, and the ABC After School special in 1988. Well, that's quite a resume. Absolutely. Especially small for her age, casting directors loved to book her since she could play younger roles. Not long before her death at the age of 10, the three foot eight Judith began taking hormone injections under the supervision of her doctors to help her grow. She was rather small for her age. So if you look up the average height for a 10 year old female, it's around 54.3 inches, which is four feet, six inches. So Judith is almost a foot shorter than the average female her age. By the time she was in fourth grade, Judith was bringing in $100,000 a year, which is about $230,000 in today's money. So I need to get my child to an ice skating rink ASAP. Maybe we'll have some luck. Maybe. She's awfully cute, but... I know. I don't know if she would take direction as well as Judith. I don't think so. The Barcy family was able to buy a three-bedroom home in San Fernando Valley, which is part of the greater Los Angeles metro area. Unfortunately, little Judith's life wasn't all Hollywood glamour. Let's pivot to her parents. Like I said earlier, Joseph and Maria were both immigrants from Hungary, fleeing the country following the Hungarian Revolution of 1956. They hadn't known each other in Hungary, though, immigrating to the United States at different times. Each had been married before and eventually met at a California restaurant where Maria worked. They got married and later had Judith on June 6, 1978 in Los Angeles. By all accounts, though Maria was definitely the driver behind her daughter's fame, she did all she could to make Judith's childhood normal. Her father, on the other hand, had an increasingly hard time dealing with Judith's success. He was a heavy drinker and became violent and verbally threatened Judith and Maria. He clearly resented Judith and allowed that resentment to fester. One time, Maria bought Judith a kite. Joseph snatched the kite away, calling Judith a spoiled brat and purposefully breaking it into pieces. Harsh. And extremely childish for a grown-ass adult. Seriously. Joseph started acting even more erratically, driving drunk and physically harming both Maria and Judith. In December of 1986, Maria called the police, who declined to press charges after finding no evidence of physical harm. This incident prompted Joseph to quit drinking temporarily, but unfortunately, it didn't stop the violence. Let's take a short break, then come back to the Barcy home in 
And I'm Alicia. And we host Burden of Proof. A true crime podcast hosted by two paralegals. We are also a generation apart. I'm a Gen X. And I'm Gen Z. So you get both perspectives. If you love true crime and want to know more about what happens after the criminals get caught, then you will love Burden of Proof. We use our paralegal background to help break down the court cases, all while giving you the true crime that you know and love. Big cases, small cases, and everything in between. Give us a listen. Burden of Proof is available now on all major podcast platforms. Are you planning an event with audio and visual needs but are not sure where to start? Waves Entertainment can help. Waves Entertainment is your premier full-service management company with high-quality custom solutions for any size event. Whether you are planning a large festival or concert, a corporate meeting or wedding, Waves Entertainment will power your event to excellence. Our team of industry professionals work closely with your vision to ensure your audience hears every word, sees every detail, and remembers the experience. Our goal is to ensure your event is customized to fit your needs and provide professional-grade equipment to amplify your message. From live stage production and talent booking to vendor coordination, event staffing, and more, Waves Entertainment is your one-stop shop for the perfect event. Visit our website, wavesentertainment.com, or give us a call at 704-662-2435. That's 704-662-2435. Waves Entertainment, powering your event to excellence. Now back to the show. We've said it before on the show, and it's worth repeating now. What is allowed to continue will escalate, and that's exactly what happened in the case of Joseph Barcy's abuse. He threatened to kill himself to kill both Maria and Judith, to burn the house down with all of them inside. Once, he threw pots and pans across a room, giving Judith a nosebleed. His abuse began to take a toll on Judith, who started gaining weight and pulling out her eyelashes. Trichotillomania, also known as hair pulling disorder or compulsive hair pulling, is a mental disorder characterized by a long-term urge that results in pulling out of one's own hair. A brief positive feeling may occur as hair is removed. Efforts to stop pulling hair typically fail. Hair plucking may also occur anywhere. However, the head and around the eyes are the most common areas. The hair pulling is to such a degree that it results in obvious distress as hair loss can be seen. As with all chronic disorders, and it's also suggested Judith possibly had an eating disorder, there are many potential causes surrounding trichotillomania. In the case of Judith Barcy, it seems like this disorder began as a way of dealing with her negative feelings such as stress, anxiety, and tension in her household. This is such a tragic thing for a 10-year-old to be dealing with when she should have been celebrated. Absolutely. It makes me sick to think about an innocent child having to deal with something like this disorder. When Judith was preparing to leave for the Bahamas to film Jaws the Revenge, Joseph held a knife to Maria's throat in front of Judith and told them that if they didn't come back after filming, he'd hunt them down and kill them. I think at this point, it's safe to say that Joseph has some pretty low self-esteem. 
Soon after this, Maria and Judith visited Maria's brother in New York. Maria's brother recalled a phone conversation between Joseph and Judith, where Joseph said, quote, Remember what I told you before you left, unquote. Judith burst into tears after this. Judith told her friends she was afraid to go home, saying, quote, My daddy is drunk every day, and I know he wants to kill my mother, unquote. Sadly, like many abuse cases, other people knew about Joseph's violent tendencies. Friends would invite Maria to stay with them, but she refused. A neighbor later came forward to say that Joseph must have told him upwards of 500 times that he wanted to kill Maria, which is a lot of times to tell someone that you want to kill your wife without taking any action. Just saying. That same neighbor said he'd asked Joseph what he'd do about Judith if he killed Maria, and Joseph answered that he'd have to kill her too. Other neighbors claimed Joseph told them he planned to kill himself and leave Maria and Judith to suffer. But the domestic abuse and the threats were seen as a private family matter, so no one intervened. I'm not sure about a lot of things, but one thing I know for sure is that I do not want to live in this neighborhood. I can't say I've ever been in this situation personally, but if a neighbor told me about their plans to kill their family and or themselves, I would probably try to do something. That's some pretty specific information to just let go of like that private family matter or not, doing something about it could have had a different outcome. I completely agree. You see this in many of the cases we cover. There are red flags everywhere. We hope that our podcast has helped at least one person see red flags in a family member that they may have not seen before, whether it's your own family member or a family member of someone that you know. This is one of the goals of our podcast. It's very unfortunate, but just because you are the family member of a certain person does not mean that person has the best intentions. I could not have said it better myself. So in May of 1988, Judith became hysterical in front of her agent, Ruth Hansen, right before an audition. Alarmed by the sudden and unexpected outburst, Ruth demanded Maria take her to a child psychologist. Judith revealed to Ruth and the psychologist what was going on at home. Her confession, in conjunction with physical evidence of abuse, prompted the professional to call Child Protective Services. Their investigation into the Barcy family home didn't go far, though, because Maria privately told them she was planning to divorce Joseph and remove Judith from his influence. Maria's story with neighbors was different, though. She told them that she couldn't seriously imagine leaving, both because of the life she'd built as well as fear of what Joseph would do. One neighbor would later recall that she'd said, quote, I can't because he'll come after us and kill us, and he's threatened to burn the house down, unquote. It's definitely proven that the most dangerous time for an abused intimate partner is when they attempt to leave their abuser. So it's not like her fears were unfounded. As the abuse escalated, Maria did rent an apartment in Panorama City closer to the movie studios. Unfortunately, either this move came too late, or Joseph realized the walls were closing in on him. On July 25, 1988, 
Judith had an audition with Hanna-Barbera for an upcoming TV cartoon series. She hadn't woken up for the day when crazed Joseph Barcy entered her room with the gun, shooting his 10-year-old daughter in the head. Maria heard the shot and ran to Judith's room, but she was too late. Joseph then shot Maria to death in the hallway, just as he promised. For the next two days, Joseph stayed in the house with the bodies of his wife and daughter before dousing their bodies in gasoline. He lit them on fire, went out to the garage, and shot himself in the head at around 8.30 in the morning on July 27th. One of the neighbors who heard the shot would later tell the media, quote, My first thought as I ran in to call 911 was, He's done it. He's killed them and have set a fire in the house, just like he said he would, unquote. Well, there you have it. Just like he said he would. Famous last words. Now, we know what you're thinking because we had the same thoughts. How the fuck did we get here? How did Joseph Barcy get to this point? Clearly, there must be something that occurred during his childhood that led to this behavior, ultimately ending in the deaths of an entire family. Well, when you try to do a standard Google search for Joseph Barcy's background, you get nada. Serial Killing Podcast does a great job providing a summary of Joseph's background, and it really helps to understand how he got to this point of escalation. Joseph Barcy was born in Hungary on November 26, 1932. He never knew his father and was speculated to have resented his mother for allowing his father to abandon him, per his daughter from his first marriage. As we previously mentioned, Joseph had been married once before. At the age of 19, Joseph fled to France from Hungary, where he met his first wife, Clara, and got married. They had two children, so Judith is not Joseph's only child. Joseph's drinking problem really began when he was married to Clara. He abused Clara and his son. Clara fled to Arizona in 1969 to get away from Joseph, but Joseph ended up moving to Arizona to be near them. They tried to reconcile, but the abuse continued and Clara finally filed for divorce. This is when Joseph moved to Los Angeles and met Maria. While in Los Angeles, Joseph was a plumbing contractor, and it is important to note that he was struggling to find work during all of this. So based on this, here's what we can conclude. Joseph did not have a father figure in his life, which we know from some of our previous episodes can be extremely detrimental to a child. Joseph resented his mother, essentially blaming her for his father's absence. So to me, that signifies a lack of respect for women altogether. Combine this with Joseph's visible self-esteem issues, and you have the making of a murderer. Not to say that everyone who struggles with the absence of a parent and or self-esteem issues is a murderer, but these factors can definitely be seen in someone who reaches their breaking point and commits a heinous crime. It seems like Maria was Joseph's main target in this tragedy. I wonder if he resented the fact that Maria and Judith had such a close bond, which included traveling together. Maybe Joseph had a fear of abandonment festering from his childhood. 
All in all, this is an absolutely unnecessary crime that could have been prevented, possibly if someone would have been proactive in helping Maria and Judith to get away from Joseph. Completely agree. Judith and Maria were buried together in Forest Lawn Memorial Park in the Hollywood Hills. Two of her films came out after her tragic death, The Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven, which was dedicated to her memory. In an interview, Don Bluth, the director of both movies, called Judith, quote, absolutely astonishing. She understood verbal direction, even for the most sophisticated situations, unquote. He also said he'd intended to feature her in many more of his films. Bonnie Gold, the spokeswoman for Judith's acting agency, would say, quote, she was very successful with every door open to her. There's no telling how far she would have gone, unquote. As you just mentioned, Mom, such a tragic story with so many opportunities for intervention, but we know it's not easy to leave an abusive situation. Judith's story, though unique in the fact that she was a rising Hollywood star, isn't an unfamiliar one. So true. If you or someone you love is being abused, there is help available to you. Please visit thehotline.org or call 1-800-799-7233. The world wants you here. We would like to leave you with a short clip of Judith's last spoken lines. It's quite foretelling. Goodbye. That's a wrap for today. Season two will soon come to an end. We've got one more episode for you, and then we'll be taking a break to enjoy the summer with our own family. We are, however, working on a few special bonus episodes that will drop over the next few months, and I'm really excited. We have some good stuff. Um, As always, we appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week for a new episode of Enmeshed. Thank you for listening. All of our sources are in today's show notes as well as those important resources. You can find us at enmeshed underscore true crime podcast on Instagram or enmeshed true crime podcast on Facebook and let us know what you think. You can also get a behind the scenes look at the show and chat with us about any of the cases you've heard here or share case suggestions. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to keep up with enmeshed and join us every Monday for fresh takes on stale relationships. 
Enmeshed is an oh no production. Oh no!